0: For Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, we're here to talk about the top five Sun Devil football players heading into 2022 following spring ball. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything. Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including but not being limited to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app. We're also on YouTube if you would like to check this podcast out in a visual platform. But no matter where you get your podcast, remember to subscribe. Share, comment, five-star, send the link to your friends, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, you can follow me at RichieBrads36, and you can follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore SunDevils. We have a lot of time on our hands between now and the start of the 2022 season. However, with the conclusion of Spring Ball, I think it's, I think it's fair that we can do a very preliminary ranking of the top five Arizona State Sun Devils heading into the 2022 season. And that's precisely what we're going to do today in all three segments. We're going to go ahead and start. I do have quite a handful of honorable mentions that I would like to go through here, starting, of course, with Eddie Ziblicky. Ziblicky, I believed, should have been in the running for the Ray Guy Award this past year, averaging nearly 44 yards per punt consistently being able to flip the field for Arizona State when the offense would stall out. One of the most consistent guys for the team and just because he plays special teams does not take a blo- take away from how good Zablicky was in 2021. I believe he's going to be even better in 2022 as he was a true freshman last year. So there's there's still a lot of growing for him to achieve here. And I feel like he's already on the cusp of something great. So Zeblicky being number six here, because I am doing my top five. So Zeblicky number six. Ricky Pearsall number five, or uh, excuse me, number seven for me here. Everyone knows that I'm a very big Ricky Pearsall fan. I feel like he could potentially really start to assert himself as not so much a number one receiver, but Arizona State's number one receiver. I feel like he's a guy who can be consistently relied upon in a passing game that, to be honest, has never really been anything outstanding, but Pearsall has had those flashes of being very, very good. I have gone on record to call him Julian Edelman light, so if he can get anywhere close to Julian Edelman, I mean, that's outstanding. It really is just kind of a joke that I have, but I do think very highly of Ricky Pearsall. Next, I have Zazavian Valaday. Now, Valaday, one of the more accomplished guys coming into this year after, after an outstanding stint with uh, with the with, uh, Wyoming Cowboys in four years, toppling nearly 4,000 scrimmage yards and 21 touchdowns, a very, very good 5.2 yards per carry on the ground and 11.5 yards through the air. So I think that Valaday is going to find a very big role very early on in his career with the Sun Devils. While this will be his only year with the team as he was a grad transfer from Wyoming, I still believe that he can make a really, really large impact with the team and with the offense, especially in a year where there's not a lot of certainty on that side of the ball. Arizona State is going to want to run the football as much as they possibly can, and I think Validay is going to be a huge asset in that regard. So Validay would be my number eight. Coming in at number nine for me is Jordan Clark, another guy I'm a very big fan of. He's one of the very few guys in the secondary that has any experience in Tempe, joining the Markham brothers, of course. But Jordan Clark is going to be one of those guys who's going to start pretty early on for the Sun Devils, I believe. So going into his redshirt junior year, last season, notched 21 tackles, did get himself an interception, and I I absolutely adored everything that I saw out of Jordan Clark in his his very limited time on the field. Now that he's going to be getting a larger role with the team, I do think that the upside will present itself, and certainly the opportunity is there. So I I am expecting big, big things out of Jordan Clark this year, coming in at number nine for me. And finally, rounding out my top ten here is Kyle Sully. Now, I'm not the biggest Kyle Soley guy in the whole world. However, there's no denying that going into this year, he's one of ASU's better players. He's one of their more well-established players, and he's a true veteran leader and presence on a defense that is definitely retooling itself. So Soley is going to man a linebacking core that has tons and tons of talent, but he's still going to be one of the more seasoned guys with another player who's actually going to be on my list here coming up shortly. But I really do think that Kyle Soli's return is for Arizona State for his uh for his uh gra- graduate se- senior season is going to be really really good for Arizona State. He was he was very very solid last year. 88 tackles, a sack and interception. He was one of the team's more reliable tacklers and though he frustrated me many and many times, I really do believe that Kyle should be getting a lot of respect heading into the 2022 season. So that rounds out my five honorable mentions. Now let's go ahead and hop into my top five. Number five is a guy that I have been hyping up all off season and will continue to hype up until he proves me wrong. That would be Corey Bethley. Bethley, the transfer defensive back from the University of Hawaii, who was just outstanding with the Rainbow Warriors. This past season, 99 tackles, four sacks, five interceptions. For his career, Four seasons, 291 tackles, 19 and a half TFL, seven sacks, seven picks. The dude just finds his way to the football. He's unbelievably good. And sure, his size leaves some to be desired, standing at just five foot ten. But I mean, it doesn't really matter when you have the ball skills that that Corey Bethley does. I feel like he's going to instantly translate. For Arizona State, this is a dude I am very high on coming into the year, and I think that since he's coming into this program with starting experience, similar to a Zazavian validate tra- kind of transfer for Arizona State, these are both guys I feel like are going to be instant impact players, and I feel like, in, especially in the case of Bethley, here is he's going to be a plug and play guy. I'm curious where he lines up the most because. I feel like he he can play all five all five spots on on the on the deep on the excuse me in the secondary he can be either side of the of a boundary corner I think he can play nickel I think he can play either safety spot I think he's just one of those guys where you just need to find a spot for him and let him do his thing I think that Corey Bethley is a ridiculously talented player I am very big on him and like I said before. I even jumped into this. I'm very big on him, and I will continue to be very big on him until he proves otherwise that he should not be that guy. Corey Bethley coming in at number five for me. That, actually, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break here because I want to get back into this conversation as soon as possible. When we return, going to number four and number three on my list. Of course, this is the Locked On Sunday's podcast. BetOnline.net remains your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information and live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Devils podcast your first listen every day. Some big news for you guys is starting Thursday, April 28th, make sure you tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On NFL Mock Draft special hosted by brian peacock and former scout nat williamson of the peacock and williamson nfl show all week leading up to the first pick check out the locked on nfl draft live on the locked on nfl draft youtube page and the odyssey nfl mock draft on odyssey and locked on nfl draft podcast feeds for the locked on nfl draft live make sure you tune in april 28th at 7 p.m eastern april 29th at 6 30 p.m eastern and april 30th at 11 30 a.m eastern Meanwhile, the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be April 18th, 22nd, and 25th. You want to make sure you don't miss out on that, guys. Tons of great coverage from tons of very, very smart people who are going to be covering our Arizona State Sun Devils, and we got a lot of them in the draft, so definitely don't want to miss out on that. Now, let's hop right back into this conversation, this time going to number four on the list. This is another guy that I am quite high on. And have compared him to one of the better Arizona State Sun Devils football players that has come around in, in the last 10 years at the running back position. I compared this guy to Eno Benjamin, who is the what'd he end up? Like second all-time rushing leader somewhere in that ballpark? Maybe I'm wrong. I had I had him as my number two. That's all I do know. But Eno Benjamin is the comparison I have for this guy. Daniel Magata would be the running back that I am talking about here. Through two seasons, he truly hasn't been relied upon that much. Just 82 carries, 417 yards, five touchdowns on the ground with a really, really good 5.1 yards per carry average. I feel like there were times last year where he looked like the best running back on the football field. And this is a football field that had Rashad White on it. And White is going to be selected in the NFL draft that's coming up next week. So, for me to have that kind of praise for Daniel Nagata, I feel like that says something. Nagata just looks like this great, powerful, and, like, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, subtly, ex- explosive, like, deceptively. That's the word. He's, he's like, deceptively quick. I, I feel like he's just a spark plug for the offense. And I really like the upside that he presents here for the Sun Devils in thinking that he could become a a very important cog in this offense. I think that Daniel Nagata ha, has has all the tools to be a really good running back. You do want to see some more some more volume in the passing game. He does only have five career catches for 45 yards. And one of those was a 16 yard catch. So his, his average definitely leaves some to be desired as well as his overall volume in that department. But you know, that's hard to place on him when he's been in a committee backfield for the entirety of his career. He has been behind Rashad white and shift random, but both are gone. Now his only real competition is Xavier Valade, who is a very good player. But Nagata is going to get a lion's share of carries. I would be surprised if he has less than 150 carries this year. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that ASU really relies upon. I wouldn't be shocked if he outright is the number one running back for the whole season. I think he is that talented. And he reminds me so much of Eno Benjamin, not just from a standpoint of they're such similar builds with Nagata being five foot nine, 200 pounds but I also feel like they're just very similar players with very similar play styles. I can't, I can't talk. If you look at what Eno did during his time at Arizona state, I feel like if you were to put him and Nagata next to each other, took away their numbers and put, put the film side by side with each other, you'd be, you'd have a really hard time telling the difference between the two. That's the kind of player that I see out of Nagata here. And I'm hoping that's the upside that we end up getting there. So Daniel Nagata, number four on my list. Number three is going to be Merlin Robertson. One of the most 10-year players at Arizona State. A fifth-year player now. Taking taking that extra year from the COVID season. Hyper productive for Arizona State. Now, his freshman year was just unbelievable. 77 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, five five sacks, an interception. I mean, he flew all over the field, and we were sitting there wondering if he was going to be the next best thing since Vontez Berfect. But unfortunately, he never took that next step into that elite category, but that's okay because he has nonetheless proven to be a very steady, reliable veteran savvy option for the Sun Devils defense. So heading into this year, I think all of that is going to play into his favor as to why I have him so high here. He's going to be the leader on defense. I I feel like this the, the whole unit is going to run through what Robertson has to say. He's going to quarterback that defense. He's going to call things out, and he's smart enough to do it too. The underrated, intelligent kind of player for the Sun Devils. I think that Robertson is sticking to the underrated aspect. I think he's got to be one of the more underrated Sun Devils the last 10 years. Again, he he never took that next step from an outstanding freshman year. But it's not like he took steps backwards. He just never became that first round kind of talent that we saw. But he nonetheless has been steady his whole career. All four years at Arizona State, he's been a reliable player in the middle of the field. He's got good numbers that support a claim for him being one of the more respected players. But to me, this is the year that Robertson truly asserts himself as one of the most, what's the word I'm looking for? I I, I guess reliable. He's been reliable, though. I, I feel like people are going to start giving him the respect that he deserves. I think that's what I'm trying to get at here. Merlin Robertson, again, it, it feels like he's not the most spectacular player in the world, but at the same time, he he shows that, that upside to be a very good linebacker. And this is his defense in 2022. It's going to be up to Robertson to truly rally everybody together in a year that's facing a lot of remaking and and retooling and everything. So I feel like Robertson is going to step up for Arizona State this year, but quite frankly, he needs to. Regardless of that fact, Robertson is my number three player right here. We're going to take a short, short break, and when we return, we're going to hop into number two and number one on this list of the top five Sun Devils heading into 2022. This, of course, is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. All right, let's hop right back into it, guys. Going to number two on my list now is none other than the high upside player that is Eric Gentry. I am I am excited for Eric Gentry. And and he reminds me a lot of Merlin Robertson in the sense of he looks so good as a freshman. You're hoping that he continues to build upon that. But unlike Merlin, he he is like a freakish athlete not to slight robertson as an athlete because robertson is definitely an athletic linebacker but gentry feels like that new breed kind of like you don't know what to do with this guy because he's this big ball of clay and you can mold him into something incredible six foot six i mean that you can't teach size and he's got size he's only 200 pounds he can easily easily bulk up 30 pounds and get into that 230 range. He could probably get into the 250 range. But what's cool about him is Arizona State can do all sorts of incredible things with him. They can get creative and they can get cute if they want to get cute, quite frankly. I feel like there's so many directions that they could go with Gentry. Do they want to continue to make him an off-ball linebacker? Do we want to try and turn him into more of an edge rusher? Do we try him at Mike? How much responsibility are we going to give him? Is he going to quarterback the defense? Is he going to be continued to be in like a part-time role? Or is he going to be a full-time starter? There's so many options that the Sun Devils have with Eric Gentry right now. And it would be really hard for them to coof it all up. But you're coming off a season where he was the fourth linebacker. He notched 45 tackles, five for loss, and a sack that's pretty good for your fourth linebacker. And and I mean, he flashed too. If you're watching Arizona state games, it was hard not to see number nine, just flying across the field and making plays here, there and everywhere. And the best part is we got him for two more years and a minimum. And I think we're going to see just, just this outstanding season from Eric Gentry this year. I would be, I would be floored if he doesn't find a way to take that next step and I think that the combination of him and Merlin Robertson is as good a linebacker combo as you're going to find in the Pac-12 right now. It's it's certainly one of the 12 best. <laughs> but I do think that it could potentially be one of the five, maybe even one of the three best in the entire Pac-12. Merlin Robertson and Eric Gentry definitely have the upside, especially Gentry. Gentry just feels like the sky is the limit for how good he can be which is why he comes in at number two for me. Number one is Jermaine Lole. And I know Lole is coming off a season that he didn't play at all because he had a season-ending injury. But when he's on the field, to me, there's no denying the fact that this is the best football player that the Sun Devils have right now. Coming into 2021, he had legitimate day one expectations for the NFL draft. He was looked at as a first-round caliber guy. And if he can get back to that, my goodness gracious, that would be massive for Arizona State. Now, he's not the most intimidating guy in the whole world at 6'2", 305, but what he is is he is rude. He is He's like Will Sutton Light, where he's he's just an absolute disruptive force in the backfield who's gotten better every year started out as a freshman 2018 three sacks 2019 starter now six and a half 2020 played four games had a sack and a half 24 tackles though in four games this is a defensive lineman so and 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 again the expectations for him coming into 2021 was that he was going to continue building on an impressive resume and truly establish himself as one of the better players in college football now Will he take that step again as one of the best players in college football? Who knows? I mean, coming off a season-ending injury, it's going to be difficult for anybody to return to that form. Anybody, regardless of your talent. It would be tough for Trevor Lawrence to do that or Bryce Young. But I, I still really think that Jermaine Lole has a lot left in the tank. I think that a healthy Jermaine Lole is still a, dominant and disruptive defensive lineman for the Sun Devils. If they had had him in 2021, I feel like this this defense would not have been as leaky as it was at times because you would have had him bookend with Tyler Johnson and you still would have had all the depth that had found ways to step up in the absence of Lole. But with Lole returning and a defensive line that's really starting to get younger, he's going to be unbelievably important for the Sun Devils to make sure that they're building, developing, and getting guys ready to take over the mantle when Lole is gone. But speaking purely for 2022, yeah, no, this guy to me undoubtedly is the number one Arizona State Sun Devil heading into the season. As far as upside goes, the only guy who might have more upside is Gentry. As far as a floor goes... The only guy who might have a higher floor is Merlin Robertson. But Lole has the best of both worlds here. He can be an outstanding player. And in a worst-case scenario, he's still a good player. Lole, for me, undeniably number one. But I feel like there are quite a few guys to really like here for the Sun Devils. That's why, it, it to me, it was hard to organize my top five. I felt confident with my top two. From there, I felt like you really could have shuffled all sorts of guys around, but I'm ultimately happy with the direction that I decided to go with. That being said, that is actually going to go ahead and end this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes but is not limited to YouTube if you would like to see this podcast in a visual platform. You can also check us out on the Odyssey app and Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, the Locked On Sun Devils pod is here Monday through Friday, giving you the best Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise content in the whole wide world. If you're on Twitter, make sure that you hit me with a follow at richiebrads 36 You can also follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the draft to life every day with inside and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like the Locked On Sun Devils, it is free and available on all platforms. And until next time, Sun Devil Nation, you keep it locked right here on Locked On Sun Devils.